All right. Good morning. Yeah. I've got a few announcements this morning if I get myself together. I've been at it like fighting fire all morning, ain't it, Carol? <laughs> Come in here going at it. Um, I want to remind everybody about what's going on this evening. Uh, we'll be having the prayer service for the schools this evening, uh, starting It'll start at 5 o'clock. If, if you haven't heard, I'll try to explain it to you one more time. It can be confusing. I don't want anybody confused. At 5 o'clock, if you live near a school or you have someone in school here in Avery County, what we were asking is for you to go to that school parking lot to be there by 5 o'clock. At 5 o'clock, when, when you're there, I want you to tune in to uh, WECR, Glory AM, 1130. To, uh, go to their Facebook page. And we're going to be streaming live from their Facebook page, or follow me, either one, because I'm going to go live as well, just in case y'all can't find the radio station. Um, and we're going to be praying for schools. We're going to pray for every single school in every county, and we're going to be praying for the school resource officers as well. And I'm, I'm saying at Williams Academy, the works, we're all going to be praying for everything in every county tonight. Uh, the churches that I've talked to, most of the churches have canceled their 6 o'clock service and just moving it to a school parking lot to be there. We picked uh, 12 men to pray specifically for each one of those schools and whatever it is. We've got Kevin Fry's coming to pray over the SROs. Um, Bob Garbett from Cross North, he's going to be praying over Williams Academy and then all the other preachers. And it's not all Baptist. I've got some others in there too that I trust, their doctrine. So we're going to be doing that at 5 o'clock. So if you can't be at a school, at least tune in to one of the Facebook pages as we go live so that you can you can listen and pray along with us because the schools are needing it. And I, I tell you what, I just want to thank Andrea for laying this, or for reminding the Lord. Uh, he laid it on her heart to do this, and, and we went with it. And it's been it's been great. It's just been an outpour of support from the local body here in Avery County, and it's just been awesome. So uh, if you can be a part of it, be at a school, it doesn't matter what school. Just go to a school. Be in the parking lot and start praying. And that would be, that'd be great. And so I'm looking forward to that this evening. So that is this evening because school starts tomorrow. Don't it, Abby? Yep, I get a freshman tomorrow morning, looks like. Um, and then I had talked to, yeah, let me get this out of the way while I'm thinking about it. Talked to the, the deacons Friday. And uh, the church is, if everybody's still good with it, um, we're going to sponsor a marriage retreat it's a christian marriage retreat for emergency service personnel and what we're going to be doing is getting two couples from avery watauga and ash counties uh that are in emergency service one of the two spouses has to be in emergency service whether it's law enforcement uh, fire ems rescue it doesn't matter and what we're looking for is uh, individuals that are struggling with their marriage or maybe they've uh, ran across something this year that has just really got them down it's maybe a serious situation uh, um, with work, whatever it might be. So we're going to be looking for uh, two couples from those three counties uh, to go to Healing Springs over in Ash County at the end of next month, end of September, for a three-day uh, marriage retreat to try to strengthen their their marriage and strengthen their um, relationship with the Lord. Uh, so that will be next month. That we're looking we're looking for sponsors here and there, and uh, Chestnut Dale is going to be sponsoring one as well. So uh, if you got any questions about that, Come see me after after church, and we'll talk about it. But it's going to be a, a great thing. Looking really forward to being able to witness and minister to those that uh, tend to be forgotten about in our counties. Our little rural counties don't get much support when it comes to uh, stress-related situations, PTSD, and things like that. So I'm looking forward to being able to help there with that one. And then uh, last thing, and I'll I'll hush and we'll start preaching. 
uh, just re- continue to remember Kristen's family. Uh, it's a, her grandpa passed away last week. Buried him Wednesday. Wednesday. Just remember her mom and that family as well. All right, did I miss anything? Am I good? You're good. All right, I'll shut up now. Got your Bible, turn over to Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. It's very familiar scripture, and I love this scripture. I love what Paul says, and I think we forget about this sometimes. I believe as Christians, we forget we have to die. Believe it or not, we've got to kill ourselves off when we become a Christian, and that's a hard one. And uh, I'm going to play here in just a second. I want you guys to listen to. Um, it's called The Old Man is Dead, and uh, it's a brand new, hot off the press from Joyful Noise. Mike's grinning. It's, it's not about you, sorry. <laughs> it, it's one of those songs that really, it really stirred me this week, and I've listened to it. And well, actually, I've had it for two weeks now. I just kept it on repeat. I can't get over it. And you, I want you to listen to the words of it here in a second. But it's, it's about killing off our old ways, killing off Saul so that we can become that Paul. And that Christian life that we're living, or especially living, it's supposed to be an honorable life, and it's supposed to be the happiest life that we can live here this side of, of heaven. It's supposed to be. But we have to make some changes when we become Christian. When we accept Jesus, we have to get rid of our old ways. And y'all heard the old saying, old habits die hard. Well, Paul, I believe Paul probably pinned that one down. Old habits do die hard. And it's not something that takes place, uh, you know, in a day or two days or a week or a month or sometimes even years. It takes a long time to get your bad habits out of your system so that you can live the life that God is wanting us to live. You have, it's dying off is a long process. It's a lengthy process. And, I mean, we, what is it they say, you know, we, from the day we're born, we're dying. We are. From the day that we are born, when we come out of the womb, we begin to die. Yeah, we start, we grow, and we mature, and we, we do all these things, but we are dying from the day we're born. That's a lengthy process. Well, killing off the old man is a lengthy process for some people as well. And that's what Paul's telling us right here. In Galatians 2.20, I'll read it. Y'all can stay seated for just a second. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, what Paul's saying here, he's saying, I am crucified with Christ. And a lot of people don't understand what that, what does that mean? What does, I am crucified with Christ. What does he mean by that? Paul, in his wording, can confuse you sometimes he's saying uh, I am crucified with Christ now we know we know Christ and we know what it meant for Christ to be crucified we read it and we're going to talk a lot about that here today we know what it was like for Christ to be crucified on the cross for him to be uh, slain on that cross for us but Paul wasn't there Paul wasn't crucified Paul was beheaded he didn't hang on no cross he was beheaded so what does Paul mean when he says I am crucified. Crucifixion, I'll give you a definition for it, death. There, sum it up. Crucifixion means death. It's the most horrible type of death that you can die, that you can experience a crucifixion. That was the Romans when they came up with this. They're some sick people. That is the most torture that one can go through as they're dying because that's what they're doing. They're, they're hanging on that cross, and it's just a public display of death and watching them die and suffer. But we know Paul didn't do that, but we know Jesus did that. And it, what Paul's trying to tell us is if we're crucified, 
We are dead in sin. We're dead to the old life. We're dead to lust. We're dead to self. Our old man has got to die. Paul says, kill your old man off. <laughs> Cindy's laughing now. <laughs> don't, please don't. Lord, I don't need funerals this week. <laughs> I got to go to Florida in the morning. We, <laughs> we got to kill off the old us, the old flesh, the old man. We got to get rid of it so that we can mature and we can grow in Christ and we can get rid of those bad habits. Yeah, they're going to slip up now and then. But we're going to talk about crucifying different parts of our body, yes, here in a minute. But I want you to listen to the words of this song real quick. It's about a four-minute song. It's called The Old Man is Dead by Joyful Noise. Go ahead, Morris. Stop by and ask me where you've been, what's on your mind. They wonder why I'm not drinking and still painting this old town red. I tell them I'm serving Jesus now and the old. to live such a wicked life I had no hope in sight I was lost in darkness just searching for light then one night in a little church after hearing I gave my life to Jesus and the old man 
Father, this morning as we uh, open up this service, Lord, we just want to thank you for the words that were pinned down in that song, Lord. That, that's for us. Lord, as Christians, we are to kill off that old man. Lord, we are to come and become new creatures in you, Father. And I pray this morning that each one of us have done just that. Lord, and I just ask this morning that you just pour out your Holy Spirit on this congregation, inside this service, Lord, inside these four walls. God, I pray your presence would be felt in our hearts and in, in these pews, Lord. And even though a few of them are empty right now, Lord, we need your presence. We need you to fill up those voids in our lives, Lord, and in these churches, up and down these roads, Father, where uh, we continue to struggle with, uh, with the world and reality right now. God, we need you more now than I think we probably ever have. God, I pray again that you just uh, give us a double portion this morning, Lord. Just bind up Satan and them demons, Lord. Leave them outside the doors of this church, Lord, so we may worship you holy. Lord, we can worship you you the way that we're meant to be worshiping you lord and that was with spirit and truth lord with our whole hearts god i pray that we can do just that lord we thank you for this bunch here today lord and i pray that you would be with those that are traveling today keep a hedge of protection around each one of them lord and bring them back here safely Lord, we thank you for where your grace is, is just uh, popped up lord and it's been sufficient right when we need it lord where your mercy lord when it just showed up right on time god and that love lord it continues to just overflow and never run out we can't thank you enough for that be with us through this service. Hallelujah, your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, that, that song, I absolutely love that song. I mean, that's just one. There's another, actually, I called Paula the other day just to tell her that that's probably the best CD that they've ever come out with. I mean, it's, there's 29 songs on that, well, if you count the preachers preaching. But there's another one on there that goes along with this message as well today, and it's, it's, we won't play it, but I do encourage you to get the CD sometime. Um, it's... It's about crucifying parts of ourselves off, getting rid of old sinful things in our lives that, that tend to, to burden us down and hinder us from worshiping and keeping us from uh, doing what God has called us to do. And he's telling us that you've got to crucify, you've got to kill off that old man, you've got to kill off those sinful worldly things that's in your life, you've got to get rid of them so that you can follow him and, and do what he's asked us to do. When we're crucified, like Paul's saying, we are taking a stand for Christ. I mean, you think about when we get saved. Most of us, the majority, probably got down on an altar and asked Jesus to come into our life. And as we stood up, we took a stand for Jesus. We got off our knees and we stood up 
and we're standing on the word, and we're going to take a stand for Jesus. That's what he wants us to do, and we've got to keep standing for him. But sometimes when we're standing, we get a little weak need. Sometimes when we're traveling, we're walking around, we're going to stump our toe on something the devil's thrown out there at us. What he's telling, Paul's telling us, he said, keep standing firm on the word of God. Keep standing for Jesus right here. And when we do that, we're going to tell the world, as far as you're concerned, I'm with him. World, you can't touch me anymore. Devil, I'm not yours anymore. I'm his. Don't worry about me. You, you ain't going to get nothing over on me because I am his. I am part of that, that, that crowd now that's going to heaven. I'm, I'm one of those heirs to the throne now. So, devil, you can't mess with me. It's hard to do sometimes. It's hard to tell the devil that. But we're his. We're, we're, Jesus is not, not the devil's. Paul's he's saying a great thing right here. And he didn't reach this, and I told you a while ago, he didn't reach this standard in a day or two. He didn't reach this standard in a, in a couple weeks or a couple months. It took him years and a lot of heartache and a lot of tears and a lot of pain and a lot of suffering, a lot of persecution. We, too, are going to have to go through the same thing to kill off the old man. We're going to have to uh, endure some pain. We're going to lose friends. We're going to lose family that don't want nothing to do with us because of where we stand and how we stand. And that's okay. That's killing them off. That's getting that old lifestyle out. But maybe you can live that life that would be pleasing to God and those people in your family. And those friends that you have will see Jesus on you, and they'll come back like a moth to a flame, and they're going to say, I'm sorry, and I want what you got. And you can be that witness and have that testimony for them. But he, Paul's telling us right here, he says, you got to kill off the old man. And we're going to look at six things this morning briefly, each one on briefly, I promise, that we have to kill off. We've got to crucify so that we can become that new creature in Christ that he's called us to be. And the first thing is, as a Christian, our feet need to be crucified. Our feet have to be crucified. Yeah, feet. That's a hard one. I want you to think about this. Jesus' feet were crucified. Up here on this old cross, they took his feet and they crossed them, something like that, just like that, and they ran a spike right down through there, big old long spike, and they pierced his skin and they pierced his muscle and they cut them nerves, and it was excruciating, agonizing pain that he felt. But his feet were crucified. We've got to crucify our feet. Folks, we've got to be careful where we take ourselves. We've got to be careful where these feet take us. We've got to be careful what we walk into. We can't be walking in to the bars and to the sinful things of this life. We've got to keep our feet out of the world. We've got to keep our feet out of sin. We can't be walking around in, in the, these worldly things because Jesus didn't. Jesus didn't find himself walking in just all of a sudden, oh, just trampsing right on into these sinful places. That's not what Jesus did, and that's not what we are to do. We are to crucify our feet, kill our feet off, and be careful where we go so that we don't, uh, we don't end up in sinful places. I want you to listen to what Jesus did here uh, when he washed this, the disciples' feet. It's over in John 13, 4. 13, 4 says, he uh, riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After the, that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. 
Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, he said, If I wash thee feet, or if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him, therefore said he, Ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is greater than his Lord, is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Now, I'm not going to say we're going to sit here and wash feet. That is not one of our ordinances. We only do communion and we only do baptism. But I tell you what, if the Spirit hits you and you want to wash somebody's feet, you go for it. I ain't going to stop you. Gird yourself. Go ahead. But Jesus washed their feet. He said, keep them clean. He washed their feet, and he expects us to wash others' feet. Now, I'm not saying physically. You don't have to do that. I don't do feet. I'm sorry. I just That's nasty to me. But he's telling us, keep your feet clean. Keep them clean. Wash them up. Crucify them. Get that filth off of them. As you're walking into these, these old worldly places, he said, wash your feet off. Don't be there in the first place, but if you do go there, wash them off. Keep them clean. He wants our feet to stay clean. They should never walk into the slimy places of this world. What he wants us to do is run errands of mercy. Errands, he wants us to go out and, and, and use our feet for, for uh, I don't, missions. That's a good one. Use your feet for missions. He's saying, telling us we need to go use our feet to do prayer walks. We went up to Freedom Trail last Thursday to prayer walk to school. Use your feet wisely. Walk around the school. Walk around the churches and pray. I love prayer walks. Love prayer walks. I can't remember you wasn't there. We went to Orlando a couple years ago. I mean, you was there, but you didn't prayer walk with us. But we went to Orlando, and we prayer walked this huge conference center for three days. Inside, outside. In the, everywhere we was going to have a park, we was prayer walking. Use your feet wisely. Use them wisely. Be careful where you go. Be careful where you let your feet take you. Now, number two, a Christian's hands have got to be crucified. Your hands have got to be crucified. Now, you need to remember, his feet were crucified, his hands were crucified. I want you to think about that crucifixion of the hands. That was a rough one. They took them same spikes, the same spikes that they used to, to nail his feet to the cross, they used spikes just like that to nail his hands. And they probably went right in here in that wrist and drove them things right again through the flesh, through the muscle, through the nerve. Maybe nicotine, and I don't know. It was painful. It was excruciating. But his hands were crucified. In that upper room, he showed his hands to the disciples, if you remember that. If you remember, I was, when I was studying this, and 
it didn't dawn on me till I studied him. You know, there's no actual scripture in there that talks about in the Gospels about his hands being crucified or being pierced. There's nothing in the four Gospels about his hands being pierced. It's later on that we read about it. Instead of during the crucifixion, it's later on that we, we read about where the hands were pierced and his, hand, his feet were pierced. But in the upper room, he showed them hands. Remember old Doubt and Thomas? And this, this is what he told Thomas. He said, Then saith he, and this is Jesus talking to Thomas, Reach hither the fa- thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. He knew it. He knew it right then. This is my Lord. This is my God. I have put my fingers in his hands. I have thrust my hand up in his side. This is Jesus Christ. This is the Messiah. This is my Lord and Savior. He died on a cross. This is the man that hung on the cross, and they pierced his hands. They pierced his feet. They pierced his side. This is my Jesus. I know it. I love it. He said, my Lord and my God. He knew exactly who it was. Jesus' hands were crucified on that cross. We have got to crucify our own hands. We've got to be careful what we pick up and what we handle. We don't need to be picking up them old, them old magazines laying around nowadays. That I mean, it's nothing but filth and trash. In, on, you look at the cover of it, and you ought to know really quick on the cover, you don't need to be reading that garbage. And you look at the TV, and you see this filth on TV. Don't even pick up the remote unless you're going to turn it. There's filth and trash that we don't need to be handling. And I want you to think about the hands of my Jesus for just a second. I want you to think about how beautiful the hands of Jesus were. What did Jesus lay his hands on whenever he was here on earth? He laid on people and he blessed people with those hands. He took his hands and he laid them on their head. He laid them on their shoulder. He grabbed them by the hand and he blessed those that he touched with his hands. That's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't pick up sinful things. He didn't go around picking up things that were worldly, that would cause people to frown on him or use it against him. We've got to keep our hands as clean as Jesus kept his. We have to crucify our hands. Kill off your hands. That's how Jesus did it. He stayed away from the sinful things. That's how you crucify your hands. Stay away from sinful things. Don't be picking up. Be careful what you handle. How's that? Be careful what you touch. Don't be grabbing those sinful things out there. If you want to be like Jesus, you have to be careful what you're picking up and what you're handling. Now, the third thing, Christians got to crucify their ears. You got to be careful what you're listening to. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one right there. Be careful what you listen to. If our ears are crucified, then we're going to be careful to the things we hear. There's voices all around us. There's little people out there all the time chirping in our ears telling us what to do and what not to do. There's voices out there telling us on Sunday mornings, you've had a rough week. You actually worked eight and a half hours one day this week. So, yeah, let's just take a break. You don't need, you don't need church. You're, you're tired. That extra 30 minutes, that wore you out. Just don't go to church. That would be okay. That's those little voices that we hear all the time. Now, we've got to be careful listening to those voices. Those little voices will, will keep doing that to you week in and week out. And you'll get used to it. 
and then you just won't hear it no more, and you just won't go. We've got to be careful with those little voices. Those same little voices that you hear on Sunday morning saying, just sleep in, you hear them during the week too. Those same voices that you hear on Sunday, you're going to hear throughout the week, and they're saying, go ahead, you can, you can forge that document. It's okay to, to forge it. It's okay to, to make a little extra money off of this piece of paper or off of this deal or off of this person. It don't matter what the preacher said on Sunday. It don't matter what the Bible says. Just go ahead and do it. That's that, that same voice that talks to you on Sunday is going to talk to you through the week and make you do things you ought not be doing. And that's not the voice that you think is of God. That is the voice of the devil. That's the voice of the devil in there. It's like in little cartoons with the devil sitting on your shoulder and the angel sitting on the other shoulder. That's that devil just going at it over here, and you've got to ignore that devil. You've got to flick him off your shoulder, and you've got to do what is right. Even if you are tired, come on. Even if you're war slap out, come on. Even on Mondays or Tuesdays or Wednesdays when that document laying right there in front of you could make you a killing, leave it alone. Don't touch it. No matter what you're hearing in your head, that little voice that's talking to you, you let, leave it alone. Let it go. Don't mess with it. What you got to be listening to is that still small voice that we read about over in 1 Kings. That's the voice that you got to be listening to. You got to be listening for God to speak to you. Listen to that, that sweet Holy Spirit in your heart guiding you and telling you what to be doing, what is right, what is wrong. Let that conviction lead you to do what is right. Now, crucified ears don't hear gossip and the things that hurt others. That's right. Crucified ears don't hear gossip. We let it go. Ignore it like it never happened. If you hear it, a lot of times you're really bad to repeat it. And when you start repeating it and you start gossiping, a lot of times it's like a boomerang that's going to come around and bite you in the tail. you got to be careful. Don't be gossiping. Don't listen to that gossiping. And a lot of times a person uh, that's listening is just as guilty as the one telling it. All ears. Proverbs eleven thirteen says, A talebearer revealeth secret, but he that is a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. There are people who lap up gossip with their ears just like a dog laps up water out of a bowl. They're eating it up. They want to hear it. They just soak it up and can't wait to get out the door to tell somebody else about it. We've got to crucify our ears. Don't be listening to that mess. Don't be listening to gossip. Get away from it. Stay away from that stuff. I've never read in the Bible where Jesus listened to it, so we ought not be listening to it. Get away from it. Number four, a Christian's eyes should be crucified. Our eyes, we've got to be careful what we see. We've got to be really careful what we see, what we're looking at. Isaiah 52, 14 says, As many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than sons of men. Now Isaiah right here is talking about Jesus when he said his visage, which is his facial expression, was marred more than any man. On that cross, his face must have been unrecognizable. If you if y'all ever watched boxing, I remember when I was growing up, my dad loved boxing. He was one of those pay-per-view boxing guys. He loved to watch boxing. I'll never forget watching some of those or telling or the interviews, especially the interviews when they get done. You couldn't tell who was fighting. I swollen up, blood coming out. I mean, just ears, old cauliflower ears, whatever they call them things. I mean, it just tore all to pieces. That was Jesus. On the cross, after he went through his scourging and his beating and all that he went through after his trial, and then they put him on that cross, and he done lost a ton of blood, and he's just all swollen up. 
And then on top of that, when they put him up on that cross, they take that crown of thorns and they just cram them down on his head. And them low, long tines just come down and pierce his brow, down in his eyebrows. And then that blood and stuff runs down into his eyes, and he can't see anymore. His eyes were crucified. We've got to crucify our eyes. We've got to be careful what we see. There's so many things today that, that just appeal to our eyes that we've got to stay away from. I mean, seriously, if you, uh, you turn on the TV, and, and you'll turn it off really fast. There's trash. There's we got that, that Roku thing now, and, and there's some of those channels the girls watch, and they're they're out there uh, supporting LBGT stuff, and I mean it's just it's sickening, and you can't fast forward through it. You just turn the TV off. It's awful. We got to be careful what we're watching. We got to be careful what our little eyes are seeing. That song we sing, the kids sing. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. You got to be careful what you're looking at. Our poor kids. It's the norm now. It doesn't. You go down the road and you see billboards with half-naked women on it, and these men, and it's just it's ridiculous. And it's normal. That's not normal. That's not normal. That's it's sinful. We got to be careful what we see. Turn our heads. Go to another room. Get out of wherever you're at. If our eyes are crucified, we have to look away from those things. <clears throat> And that's tough, I know, because it's everywhere. We've got to turn our heads, walk away. Psalms 10, or 101.3 says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Don't let it bind you down. A lot of times you get them, <clears throat> you get that deer in the headlight look. You see something like, oh my, and you just stare at it. Mm, turn away, turn away. He says right here, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Don't let it cleave to you. Don't let it hang to you. Don't let it stick with you. Get away from it. Stay away from it. We need to look upward. And to thine eyes, how does that go? To the hills I turn mine eyes, or whatever it is, one of those psalms. Keep your eyes focused on the hill. Unto heaven. Keep your eyes focused upward. Past the billboards that you see. Past those billboards, except for the one that talks about earthquakes that we have beside our house, which is hilarious now. The whole time we was passing this billboard on 421, it's talking about how to prepare for an earthquake, and I thought it was stupid <coughs> until last Sunday. And now I take it a little more serious. We've got to watch what, we've got to be careful what we're looking at and what we see. Now, the fifth thing a Christian's got to crucify, brace yourselves, okay? It's your tongue. We've got to crucify our tongue. Now, James tells us all about this. James over here in, in a chapter 3, verse 8 says, But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Man, that tongue is sharp. That tongue hurts. That tells, it says it's full of poison. You can't take back words that you've said. You can't unhear the things that someone has told you, even though you try. You, you hear things said about you, and it sticks with you, and it's sharp. The Bible tells us it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's sharp, and it pierces, and it's full of poison. That tongue, can, man, can it stir up a lot of stuff. That tongue can destroy you. That tongue can destroy someone else. 
We've got to crucify that tongue. Get rid of that speech. He says that tongue is uncontrollable and can't be tamed. It is uncontrollable. And we all do it. I'm not exempt. Ain't one of us exempt from it. A lot of times, I got no filter. The older I get, the more crumbly my filter gets. We, we say things that we, some, a lot of times we regret. They just kind of pour off our tongue. And we ought not be saying. We got to be careful with that. Crucify the tongue. Get rid of that old tongue that we got that tends to like to gossip or tell stories and things like that that we know we're not pleasing to God. We need a, there's a prayer out there. Y'all may have heard it, but I encourage you to pray this sometime in your life. Dear Lord, wrap your loving arm around my shoulder and put your mouth or your hand over my mouth. That's a prayer right there, ain't it? Wrap your loving arm around my shoulder and put your hand over my mouth. Dear Lord, and just repeat it. A lot of us need that. Lord, help me keep my mouth shut today. Just don't let me say this. And probably ought to say it a lot during conversations. Lord, help bridle my tongue. That's biblical. Bridle my tongue. That's a tough one. We've got to restrain our tongue from saying things that might be hurtful, that might not be pleasing to God. If we're using our tongue, it ought to be to, to worship Him, praise Him, and to glorify Him. That's how we use our tongue. We've got to use that tongue wisely and not worldly. Our words should be soothing words and not words of salt that burn the wound. That, that's what we tend to use it for. Use your tongue wisely. Soothing, soothing not salty. Number six, the last one. Christian's heart should be crucified. A Christian's heart should be crucified. Again, on that cross, as Jesus hung on that cross after he died. Now you remember, he's still fulfilling prophecy. Even after death, he's fulfilling prophecy because prophecy said they ain't going to break no bones. What did they do to that thief on the left? They broke his legs. What did they do to that thief on the right? They broke his legs. What did they do to Jesus? They didn't break his legs. He was already dead. The other two still alive. So they broke their legs so that they would sink and suffocate and die. But with Jesus, he done died. Jesus more than likely died of, of a heart attack. If you go through and you read, if you, I like to do the medical side on that. If you read that, Jesus died probably of a heart attack. I believe he died of a broken heart. But I know that when he died, that they took that spear, and they ran that spear up in his side. And when they took that spear and rammed it up there in his side, the Bible plainly tells us over John 19, it says, but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came out blood and water. you got to get that right. It's not water and blood blood and water when someone dies the plasma and the blood separate and when they pierced his side that blood was on the bottom it's called pooling that pooling come out of the bottom so the blood came out first and then the plasma or the water came out next they pierced his heart they pierced his heart it's called a hemothorax they pierced his heart and that blood and that water drained his heart crucified we got to crucify our hearts Folks, we've got some of the hardened, hardest, hardest, hardened hearts. Say that three times fast. 
that there is right now. We have become callous to Jesus. We have come, become callous to the gospel. We are callous Christians, and we have these hardened hearts that we have got to crucify. We got to. We need. He needs prayer. <laughs> he don't slow down in a helmet. We have got to soften our hearts up. We have got to be a little bit more tender-hearted. We've got to be a little bit more compassionate about things. We're too hard-hearted right now. We've got to crucify that heart. Now, the question I'll ask is, is your heart crucified? Is it dead to sin and evil? Is it dead to sin and evil? We tend to let things come in, those little things that we hear, those things that we see, those things that we grab a hold of, those places we walk into, all of that stuff funnels right back into your heart. We've got to crucify that heart. We've got to get that thing right with Jesus. Get your heart right with him. There was a soldier, I was, I was reading on this some time back, and it kind of fell right into this message. Soldier one time during World War One went into a church over Germany or somewhere over that way. Went into this church, and he said he asked the preacher during church service. He said, "I I, I want to be baptized." He said, "I'm saved. I want to be baptized." And preacher said, "Absolutely." This is during the middle of war. Soldier said, "There's one stipulation." He said, "I don't want you to baptize my hand, just one hand." Don't baptize. Preacher said, we do submersion. He said, you go completely down. Your whole body is submerged. He said, uh-uh. He said, I want to save this one hand for killing. I don't want God to have it. That's the way we are as Christians. We don't want to give him our whole body. We want to keep a little bit of it worldly. We want to keep a little bit of flesh and not let Jesus have all of us. That ain't how it works. It's like that song, remember I told you a couple weeks ago? That song we sang, we lie about all the time, I surrender all. Biggest lie ever sung in church. We really need to be surrendering all. From your fingernails to your toenails to the tip of your hair, we got to surrender the whole us. The whole body is surrendered to Jesus. And our whole body is to be used for him. Our whole body, from top to bottom, is to be used for Jesus. That's what we were made to do, to serve him and worship him. We give part, but not all. If we're crucified Christians, the whole heart is crucified, not part of the heart. If we are true Christians, if we are who we are supposed to be, our hands are crucified, our eyes are crucified, our ears are crucified, the heart, the feet, we're crucified from head to toe, just like Jesus was. We've got to kill off this old man. I'll read you this one real quick, too, and then I'll, I'll be quiet. That's another uh, war story. It's from World War I as well. And it says, a man from Sweden came before the American draft board. He was told that as an alien, he could claim exemption. Listen to what he said. He replied, he said, no, when I came to America, all of me came. If America needs me, I am ready. <laughs> that should be our attitude. If God calls me, I'm ready. Here I am. Send me. Send all of me. Lord, I, I'm not, I'll leave my feet at home, but you can send the rest of me wherever you need me to go. Lord, I'll leave my heart at home. 
just in case, but you can send the rest of me wherever you want it to go. Lord, I'm going to leave my hands at home, but you can send me wherever you want me to go. That's the attitude we have, and we've got a bad attitude. We've got to change that attitude. Lord, here I am, head to toe, send me all. Send me all. That's a hard one. That's a hard pill to swallow right there. But that's what he wants, all of us. And we are to be crucified. To crucify, kill the old man, kill it off completely, because we are a new creature in Christ. And he's going to use us. We need to say, all of me belongs to Christ. If he needs me, here I am. If he needs me, here I am. Lord, I'm your hands and your feet. I'm your eyes and your ears and your heart. Whatever you need down here, here I am. Send me. Stand with me. We're going to close out. Kill off that old person, that old Saul. Get rid of that mess because you can't serve him wholly if it ain't crucified off. That's a lot to take in today, I know. And that's, that's, a, that's a charge almost to each one of us, especially myself. Kill off our old ways. Get rid of our old ways. Get rid of that hand, that foot, that tongue, that heart, them ears, the eyes. Get rid of all that stuff. Boy, I messed up. Got to get rid of it. And praise him. Praise him. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we close out this service, God, we thank you for making us the way that you made us. Father, we thank you for the creation of this human race that you made, Lord. We thank you for uh, the way that you made us perfectly. Lord, in your eyes, we are just right. Father, with the exception of that sin that just kind of dwells in us constantly, Father, it's just, Lord, it's just good knowing that even though we think we got flaws, we think we think that we're not perfect. We can't do the things that you have asked us to do. Lord, we know that you have made us and you have a plan for us. And God, I can't wait to see what you have in store for each one of us. God, as we leave this place today, as we go back to our homes, as Lord, as we go back and get ready for the prayer service this evening, Father, I pray that you would, you would take your church. Lord, you would take the churches of Avery County. Lord, you would combine them. And, Lord, so we can congregate and we can fellowship. Lord, we'll worship this evening. Lord, not as a denomination, not as one church, but, Lord, as the church. God, we want to lift up our teachers this evening. Lord, we want to lift up our students this evening and administration and, and all that make up our school system. Lord, this year they need prayer. Lord, this is going to be the year. It's going to test us all. And, Father, I pray that through your grace and through your mercy, Lord, that we can glorify your name, Lord, and this may be the best year ever because you've had a part in it. So, Lord, I pray that you just go with us as we leave this place. And, Lord, go with us as we pray this evening. Father, and I pray that you hear those prayers that are, are cried out to you. Because, Father, I know there's going to be some tears shed this evening. So many, not, not, there's so many unknowns. And, Lord, we're going to need your guidance. We're going to need your hand. And, Lord, I pray for that today. Lord, I thank you for this church, those that make it up, Lord, and Lord, we just thank you for the time of we've had today. And I do ask, Lord, that you protect us and guide us. Bring us all back here safely at the next appointed time. All this in your son's sweet, holy, and precious name we pray.
Amen. All right, y'all are dismissed. And uh, as I said, I'm I'm probably going to Florida here uh, this evening.